0: Support for Sponsor Talk and the following message come from sponsor CX. If you're looking for an innovative, intuitive, and simple way to manage your sponsorships, look no further than this sponsorship management software. Sign up for a demo today and find out how easy it is to manage your sponsors. Learn more at www.sponsorcx.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Sponsor Talk Podcast, where we interview some of the leading minds in the world of sponsorship marketing and discover the various ways in how brands interact with properties in sports, arts, film, music, you name it. In this episode, we talk with the leaders behind GMR Marketing, Homey, and TD Bank as each of their brands navigate through how they play a role in their communities and how purpose plays a role in the partnerships they develop. Hopefully today, you learned something new about the industry and challenges you to keep thinking differently.
1: Thankfully, we have Anya, who is the VP of Global Consulting at GMR Marketing. Anya, you've done some incredible work around specifically the Olympic movement, whether it be you know the, the sponsorship executions in, in London 2012 or Sochi or the FIFA World Cup in 2014. And then now, all the work that you're doing, uh, building the GMR brand internally, and then uh, working with your clients as well. So we're fortunate to have you. Um, Chris just joined us. Obviously, you used to be at Uber, then Lyft, and now you're the GM of Homey. So we're very excited to kind of dive into how Homey is driving forward this purpose of you know, creating this modern real estate um, experience for consumers that are expecting more from, from that experience. So happy to have you here. Um, Mike you're the VP of brand and sponsorships at TD Um, you've been with the organization for 10 years now and uh, I know before that you were on the agency side with Leo Burnett and BBDO and FCB so we're lucky to have you Um, we'll kind of get this started around um, that what I was talking about earlier around the power of purpose and Mike in your intro I was kind of going through like you know for anyone that doesn't know TD Bank Um, It's actually the sixth largest bank and it's built around the idea of purpose. Um, So we'll get into that in a little bit, but kind of wanted to introduce all three of you, um, start this conversation about, you know, what the last year has been like for each of you in your roles and what purpose really means to the brands you're representing or the clients that you work with. So Anya, I know um, we could probably start with you, um, GMR, when I go on the website the experience agency, and I know I know that there's a lot of meaning behind it. So, so tell us about what purpose means to your brand.
2: Yeah, so I'll take the kind of um, headline you gave there just a step further, and um, our kind of overarching brand mission is really to be that the experience agency making unforgettable stories born of humanity. And I think for me, really, that born of humanity piece is um, what comes across most prevalently in purposeful partnerships. Um, And so in the last year, I think I've been lucky to be tasked with even more um, specifically being charged with helping inspire as much change as possible. So with our uh, work, whether it's with our brand clients or property clients, or um, even what we're doing for ourselves as an agency is to really ensure that we're thinking about the ways that we can maximize partnerships to support brand strategy as much as possible. Um, you know I think there's still a lot that can be done to ensure that partnerships are working harder um, for that for the investment that every brand needs to make in the first place. It's that path to creating connections with audiences and as we've watched what's happened in the last year, year and a half and what continues to happen on a day-to-day basis like think the ability to leverage the values, the common values that we share, understanding today's culture. That's everything that needs to be brought into the way that we leverage partnerships more and more and more. Um, and it's certainly something that we're um, not just uh, pulling out in our client conversations, but ensuring that we're also seeing the impact on the other end of this in, in the communities that they're trying to um, create those connections with. Um, so really excited to hear about um, how Michael and Chris are, are kind of taking it to that next level with their own partnership investment.
1: I love that. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into, into some of that work uh, in a bit, Anya. Michael, why don't we go over to you and, and kind of tell us about purpose with TD and, and what it means for the sponsorship portfolio and the bank as a whole?
3: Yeah, Oh, that's great. I'd say purpose to us is uh, it's been part of our DNA for a long time, being so entrenched in the communities. And our purpose is built around the enriching lives of customers, communities, and colleagues. uh, Because we see our colleagues who live and breathe the communities every single day. And for us in the last year, I think um, the last year has reinforced a few things for us. One is our purpose with customers. So we saw a lot of disruption happening. And being a financial institution, Um, when people don't have uh, maybe readily access to their bank to be able to get into that that world, uh, our purpose becomes quite functional where we need to deliver access uh, to them, be it through digital uh, enablement um, and delivering confidence because that's what our brand is about, is delivering on the confidence side of things. Um, From a a purpose, uh, the last year has been fantastic because now I think everybody's put purpose at a level where it should be and where it needs to be is, where can your brand impact society? And it's not just about the business in your end, it's about how can you make a change and how can you reinforce change and use your brand to help deliver that change to the uh, to the communities, but also so our colleagues can live it and feel proud about their brand and how we deliver it.
1: I love that, I love that. And I know that your team has done some great work, it, um, specifically in the digital enablement front uh, to mm-hmm. kind of bring that to life in the last year or so. Uh, Chris, why don't we move on to you? Homie is built around purpose and and what you're driving forward. So why don't you describe that for us?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Just 20 seconds about myself. First, I I grew up on a hippie commune in the back of a Hawaiian rainforest and was raised to believe that like just serving others and the planet is like why we are here. And that's just like in my DNA. And, uh, you know, after college i started to get to work and like 15 years i've been i've been working on this stuff I, I i kicked off my career at a place called the sexton company and it was way back when corporate social responsibility was the the phrase in vogue and, and companies were trying to trying to get that stuff set up and you know our company took like uh, american idol and created american idol gives back and the philadelphia eagles wanted to become the most sustainable sports franchise in the world so we, we helped them with that and my boss like did the live aid concert with Bono and stuff, but it just it didn't even it needed to be more impactful. Like the impact needed to be just driven into every single like uh, sector of the business. It needed to be supported by the the CEO. It needed to be like core to the to the business's function of how the business makes money. And when you do that, maybe you have a chance to do something like really impactful and less kind of flash in the pan media stunts. And so. You know, after doing that and failing a whole lot, I started to bring those kinds of thoughts to Uber and Lyft and, and now Homie. And so real quick at Homie, our mission is to make home ownership easy, accessible and affordable for all. Um, what people don't understand is that like wealth gaps are tied to home ownership gaps. Um, the government's been bailing out families to help buy homes for, for you know, since World War Two. And some families were bailed out and other families weren't. And families have been able to take a home that was worth 7K and the next generation is 70K and the next generation, 370K. And the next generation, if you live in the Bay, you know, 1.7 mil. And so some folks had access to that and some folks don't. So now we're working on collective impact strategies to try to close home ownership gaps. And in doing so, try to narrow uh, some of the racial wealth gaps. So let me just hit pause there. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here with you folks today.
1: No, Chris, I'm so excited to dive a little bit deeper into that, specifically in the Nevada community, your team is doing some great work at closing that gap. Um, And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But going back to what you were saying earlier that you um, grew up with purpose just being a part of you and supporting others, you know, question for all three of you, like, has the pandemic um, brought us closer for brands to think more about purpose now? Or has this something that's always been driven in the last you know, decade of, of a brand's infrastructure in their DNA, or is it a little bit newer in the last few years? So just maybe, maybe Mike, we'll start with you and then Anya, Chris, we'll, we'll go back to you guys.
3: So, so that is a, a fantastic question. I think, I think it, purpose has been a part of many brands for a long time. And I think, as I mentioned earlier, it brings it to a level now where it should be and that where businesses focus on. Um, I, I think there's much improvement that brands can still do. It's creating that vision ahead that allows you to be able to um, have that focus and, and create impact. I'd say that the, the piece that I think brands are trying to catch up on now is, we, they have a lot of great brands have talked about it, um, but have you actually delivered the action against it? And if you don't live that action, Um, And that's important to us because I know part of the discussion today is about uh, sponsorships and partnerships. And to us, uh, our value structure and the way we've been part of our communities is what I think the last year we've learned a lot from is to say, get back to your roots, start acting quicker and start being uh, more nimble, but also choose partners who reflect your values. And it's starting to define how you choose things. It's not about media value. It's about It's about the value and kind that you get from being partners together and how you enhance each other from, uh, and the pandemic put a big, I'd say, magnifying glass on that for us all to make sure we're making those right decisions.
1: And, And Anya, we'll continue on with you if you have any adds to that.
2: Yeah, well, we're still living through what's probably the biggest shared experience of our generation. And, you know, beyond just from a purpose Standpoint, what brands should be, should be doing to um, kind of reflect the mindset and the emotional feelings that are happening with, with their audiences. There's also a real awareness, I think, that we don't have a just society yet um, and that there's a responsibility across the board for us to finally achieve that. But it does, to Michael's point, take a lot of action. Um, we want to see the results so that Um, responsibility is heavier than ever, I think. And and that's a good thing because it means that I think we'll be more responsive to it. You know, I think of some of the brands that we've worked with in recent years. Yes, they have the heritage of something um, really purposeful in their identity, but now it is really um, kind of becoming a, a, a more and more active conversation to demonstrate that they're also delivering that impact. So, you know, probably one of the most proud clients I've worked with is um, the Hartford Insurance Group here in the U.S., Um, and they have been a long-time supporter of the disability community. Um, And you know, now they've transitioned into this kind of um, not not just a philanthropic engagement with them, but um, really making sure that they are delivering something of substance to that community in order to ensure that there's a cycle of benefits that is happening. So through um, equipment donations to communities across the country, they're ensuring that more and more people with disabilities have access to adaptive sport. When you have access to adaptive sport, you have a healthier lifestyle. You create more of a social network. You create kind of a self-esteem that hasn't necessarily been there. Um, and it leads to things like employment opportunities. It leads to things like you know, just bigger opportunities overall. And they're tracking that impact and just in the first year alone, they were able to support more than you know, 10,000 people um, with disabilities across um, some big communities in the US. And that's just year one of, of something that is now a, a go forward strategy for them just one of the, the actions that they're taking and ensuring that there's follow through with it.
1: And I, I love the Hartford example. I, I feel like we, we talked about this briefly before the, the panel here, and it's such a great one to talk about the exclusivity and, and kind of improving on accessibility and how they have built that around their brand. Um, you know, Chris, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you add on, but also at the same time, you know, your team has the Homey Helps initiative. Um, would love to kind of t- uh, dwell into that a little bit after you you add on to the conversation, but um, inclusivity and and what Anil was talking about and, and providing accessible um, opportunities for people is a big part of what you're doing.
4: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, two things come to mind. First is we're just getting a lot better at um, documenting what like effective uh, corporate social impact looks like, right? And like We've all kind of studied it through our own lives, and there was like nonprofits before, and then there was like the corporate foundation, and like CEO's buddy ran the corporate foundation, and who knows what the issue was, right? And then there was like there's kind of like corporate giving, and then there's corporate volunteering, and then there's like the PR department with greenwashing, and then there's the version of like outside of greenwashing, any kind of social impact washing, right? And then and, and, and now we're starting to write more. And then it was the hybrid, right? We're going to make a for-profit, but we're also going to be a non-profit. And there's that thing. And so uh, there's just been a lot written on it. And it's getting taught in classes. And there's programs like Net Impact for students to learn how to like do it well, right? And so like the experts on this call have just seen all of this stuff happen over the years. We're packaging it up and like making it... Um, accessible to, to the next level of, of leaders, like not only in nonprofits, but in businesses. And so I think like, if it's your first job, like ideally you get some training on some of this stuff, it's starting to happen, I love it. From a commercial perspective, it is good business, right? Like my company was like coined the phrase, not coined, trademarked it and was doing well by doing good like 15 years ago. And, and what happens is this hourglass demographics of America right now where you've got the boomers who were the hippies and they were the biggest generation Right, you come in like the X generation, X, the Gordon Gecko, the profit of profit is profit. They're a smaller generation, and then we ballooned back out to the millennials, right? The the, the whatever Y Z Zoomers, Chugi, whatever. Like the Boomers being more progressive, plus the Millennials being more progressive and open to new ideas and more inclusive, right? Means you got two huge American demographics that spend, right? And the Millennials are still have their parents' credit card in a lot of ways. So if you have a brand that can tell a story, that's authentically making the world a better place. You got big demos that can like get share of wallet. Um, so that, that's what I'd say. So many Helps, we're still like building it. Like we we want to have a collective impact plan um, that, that, that's super comprehensive. And for me, I think about pipelines. What, and we can get into this more later, but just to, to finish this thought, just what, what is the pipeline we need to help more people be able to buy a home? End to end. And if we can do that with the right partners from across government nonprofit and for-profit, then we might be onto something, right? So let me let me stop there.
1: No, and, and I think it's really important work, especially when you think about this last year um, with, with your organization specifically, um, and then how people have had tough experiences with late mortgage payments and, and things that impact them as it relates to their house right? We've we've all kind of seen the challenges that Americans and Canadians have gone through in the last year. So I know your initiative, we'll touch upon it in a bit, um, combats that with the community. And and that's kind of what we're here to talk about as a group is is community impact and how that's built into your organizations. So I know, um, Michael, your team does a lot as it relates to partnerships specifically, um, impacting the community. Like recently, I know your team has a a longstanding partnership with the Junos and you've worked with Food Banks Canada um, to to raise funds for them. So I'd love to talk about not only the Junos relationship, but the Toronto Blue Jays relationship and kind of how Food Banks Canada became a part of that element and why it was important to kind of impact the community through the existing sponsorship portfolio you have.
3: Well, well, I'll be very transparent with you. That's I touched on having partners who share the same values as you do. And I'd say that both of those partnerships with us recognize the importance of it. And they brought the ideas to us. And we were all in the minute that the phone rang because uh, as we were talking about it, Many brands going after something and and trying to put a message out versus unifying brands and putting one message out um, to do that, um, it, I think comes back to you in in spades. So our involvement um, with the Jays and um, and it was the the Canadian Country Music Awards actually that that did that those two things was we created programs with each of them and we worked collaboratively together with the common goal in mind to be able to help bring food to the tables of Canadians and vulnerable Canadians who were, were having um, problems during the pandemic. I think if anything, we've learned uh, going back to what Chris was saying, you just saw vulnerability uh, go up exponentially. And, and, and I, I, I would say that because it's just, we saw millennials go through this, uh, but what people were losing their jobs. So you had to find ways to help. So with the blue Jays, uh, we paired with them um, to build a, from your plate uh, from our plate to your plate or home plate to your plate uh, program uh, that raised over a million dollars during the pandemic through digital and social uh, which was is for us in that period of time was just a great uh, story for both of our brands together to show how the two strengths came together for the ccmas uh, the canadian country music awards for everybody's uh, who's on the call it might be american um, listening in, um, our Canadian country music uh, stars are, are just as good. Um, but we partnered with them to do twofold. One is the food banks uh, initiative, uh, but also to help uh, artists who were trying to break through. Now there was no places to perform. Uh, so we did a week long uh, ET Canada program where the most famous Canadian uh, country music artists were putting on live from their own home using their own phones or their own electronic means to perform, to raise money for the, the Canadian food bank as well. So that just shows how we unified together and brought, uh, brought the one plus one equals three uh, to life in, in a new way uh, that even we were thinking about, but it wouldn't have been uh, achievable without our partners.
1: I love that. And I know at the start of the pandemic, um, you know, both of those circumstances were exemplary in, in Canada um, of, of kind of partners coming together for the greater purpose of, mm-hmm. of what Canadians needed at the time. Um, Anya, I know your team and, and you specifically have done some great work with Airbnb around community impact. So uh, can you can you describe a little bit about that and, and what what what's going on there?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I think most people will be familiar now that Airbnb is the newest Olympic and Paralympic um, partner, and obviously this is a partnership that they're trying to leverage on a global scale, but the value of it really comes through when it's applied through that community level. Um, So we think about the opportunity for them to influence sustainable tourism around global sporting events like the Olympics and the Paralympics. But even that wider ecosystem that exists around training and competition, that is the the pathway that leads to the Olympics and Paralympics. And there's a lot for them to um, continue to develop alongside local organizing committees to ensure that those host markets have a long-term benefit within their communities. Um, But one of the most exciting things I think that's developed out of their partnership is um, the host platform as it pertains to Olympians and Paralympians. Um, And even in the, you know, in the last year with the pandemic kind of changing their initial plans, we've been able to help them um, bring, you know, hundreds of athletes on board to their um, experiences platform. And right now it's living very much in a, in a virtual format, but these are athletes who need to have additional income sources and are also leveraging that opportunity to um, put a spotlight on their local communities, put a spotlight on themselves, build their brands, and hopefully the uh, you know coming out of the pandemic and when we start to see some more um, return to normal across the world, you know, these experiences will go back to being live. And these Olympians and Paralympians will be able to, you know, take people to their favorite restaurant or their favorite cop- coffee shop in their homes. Um, something that really does bring communities together and really allows people to experience um, travel through the eyes of those local communities and communities you know, the, the potential cycle of benefit there and, and return is, is just, I think, early days right now, but certainly a, a great ambition for a 10-year partnership that they've um, established now.
1: Yeah, and I, I love how that's how they're starting it, right? Like, I know this is a newer partnership, but Airbnb is, is well known for, for the investing in the Olympics now. Um, I'm excited to see how it evolves and, and Chris, coming to you, I know that uh, we, we mentioned at the beginning of the conversation around Nevada specifically, and you you brought up um, closing and bridging the gap between, um, you know, people and home ownership. So I would love to talk about how your partnership strategy, whether it be with the Raiders or, um, you know, the, the Golden Knights, how is that helping get that purpose and, and, and achieve that?
4: Yeah, there's so much written like about marketing and you know, I got the, the MBA to go study that stuff because I wanted to get better and I got the student debt to prove it. And like at the end of the day, after all these fancy frameworks of two-sided funnels and all these arrows, it's really like, like what matters most to, to your local community. And then if you're part of a company, right? Like what what's within your wheelhouse that, that you can help improve people's lives based on what matters most to them. Like that's marketing to me. It's it's that simple Like and, and that hard. And And in Nevada, I mean... Hospitality towns got hit especially hard um, by by COVID. Um, it was really, really tough. Uh, people were losing their job, tens of thousands of folks, unemployment th- through the roof. And people are scared about can they can they keep their home? Uh, and so when you start talking to people about what matters most to them, I mean your home, your home is, is right there. Um, if your family loses that, the, the trauma that comes right after that is very, very, very difficult. Uh, to, to recover from. And of course you can. And so we've got a mission that says make home ownership easy, accessible, affordable for all. Right. Like like what what, do, what are you really doing about that? And so what we did was we, we just we went on a listening tour and, and we identified the folks who have been already doing who'd be who've been living our mission. Like you say, shared values, Michael, like who is already doing our mission before we even started the company and we listened to them, and, and they rolled out these these programs that is already there. And I think what some of these government programs and, and nonprofits, it's with, with a little bit of design work, with a little bit of um, uh, packaging together, we basically went on a listening tour and wrote down all the amazing things happening and said, hey, what if we all work together? Like classic collective impact. And we were able to put money and we were able to put design and we we're able to bring celebrity like from the Raiders and and um, uh, and folks from the Golden Knights leaned in. Like we can we can get digital billboards. They're part of our packages, right? Um, so um, that, that, that's really what it is. So, so the Make Homes Possible Coalition has members from like the, the mayor, the city, the government, uh, the African-American realty organizations, um, these leaders who are already doing that work, we're just creating a platform and a stage to shine the light on them. Like we launched it on the hall of city, the steps of City Hall with some Raiders players, the press is through the roof. And, and it's a huge commitment. It's a huge commitment to try to, to try to help close Las Vegas's racial home ownership gap, right? Like you got to run the numbers. Like we would have to help 25,000 incremental African-American families buy their home break that down into one year. That means we got to get 25,000 families on the path each year and you can count that. So what is the whole pipeline needed to get them in? Right? Like we can talk more about that, but I'm taking a lot of air out of the room. So let me just pause there for now. That's how we kind of set it up. Listen to others, reflect it back, see how to work together. The company can give money and other resources. That's, that's a pretty good formula uh, to, to keep it authentic. Have it be other people's ideas.
1: I love that. And it's, it's it going back to what we were talking about with community impact, like listening to what the community actually needs. Right. And, and I'm curious for all three of you, when you ideate or think about um, the work that your brand does, you know, how do you listen to the community? Are you, are you looking at social? Are you looking at ways that um, maybe, maybe people, you have know, focus groups, like how are you listening to them to help evolve some of the work that you're doing? Open question for the group.
3: Um, uh, I'll, I'll jump in I'd say so going back to Chris's earlier statement the thing that we started so we introduced the TD ready commitment as as the thing that TD holds high as part of driving our inclusivity for the future and I think that was the first thing was let's have focus I think um, in any type of institution be it financial or any type sometimes you're putting dollars against things that you're not really sure so ours is more of a Focus on a strategy on four strategies. Uh, we call them the interconnected drivers, from environment to to financial security, um, to to uh, connected communities, and that's where I think where we've had to focus. So the way that we're learning is we've created programs from there that have, that are that's called the TD Resilience uh, Initiative, uh, Community Resilience Initiative, and that's when programs can come. and Nonprofits are so important. I think in the last year. The volatility of nonprofits has skyrocketed, and our, what we want to do is focus our dollars and say, how can nonprofits come to us, share an idea that we know it's going to help influence the community, and then make decisions that way? So listening to the nonprofit organizations and the initiatives they've wanted to do, and that we can help uh, fulfill, that's where we put it. Uh, because I think uh, going out and doing listening tours is fantastic, and we do that all the time. But I think in the case of, of helping a, a sector like nonprofit survive became a priority and uh, and that's some of the pivots that we had to recognize early otherwise you if you were too late a lot of uh, a lot of them wouldn't even be standing today. so
2: yeah it's a really good conversation because I think unless you have representation of the audiences that you're trying to deliver some sort of not just engagement with but actual value to them, you can't possibly do that without understanding what matters most to them so uh, of each tier question we're um, actively doing studies right now so one of our clients um, in comcast who just recently announced their la28 partnership you know they're going to be focusing a lot on the paralympics in that partnership and in order to be um, impactful with with a long runway that they have to la28 They need to understand what a disabled community needs of them so they're going to be going to market and not only understanding what the community needs of them but how others can um, become more knowledgeable and contribute to more inclusivity themselves Um, will be part of that study Um, you know with some of the work that we're doing with a brand like Nissan we want their partnerships to really be this inclusive environment for all types of audience segments So really working closely with um, different agency partners that are maybe more directly connected to those audiences, but then also the work that we're doing um, to reflect representation through that values and culture mindset. Um, We're we're putting the pieces together in order to ensure that how we show up for them is really meaningful for them.
1: I love that, and Chris, jump in.
4: Yeah, on on the partnerships piece, that's what came up to uh, to mind for me. you know, I just, I, I, I really believe that for some of these bigger issues facing us, like the climate changes, right, the the housing crisis, is COVID. Like, it's it's got to be cross sector partnerships and like government, nonprofits, for profits, like. Only by working together, like, can we have a chance at like trying to address some of these big, 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 massive ones. And I think there've been enough people now who have floated between nonprofits and for profits and government, and they're really learning how to work better together. Um, so I have hope. Um, and 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 uh, in terms of like partnerships, right? Like you talked about the the um, the Blue Jays. Um, like we work with the Raiders and then sports is still just so amazing in terms of just getting a message across. Right. Um, uh, People, people just listen, there's this irrational connection to sports teams that, that people love. And so when we're trying to partner with um, with the, with the United way, for example, who's helping to pay people's utility bills like in Nevada, because, you know, because of COVID um, you know, homie the real estate company and united way can do you know an email blast or whatever but as soon as you attach the raiders on right it just it just reaches so so many people and so it's so like a raiders united away us for for an awesome cause like it just it just reaches more people so yeah uh just thinking through to to to, to michael anania's point just the, the right constellation of 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 um Uh, of partners is incredibly important to just to to have a chance at trying to reach the impact that you want.
1: Yeah. And and when you think about um, the construct of partnerships, it's changed a lot over the last few decades, right? So if you think about it now, um, the power to have that reach that you talked about, Chris, with uh, some of your partners on board, but getting the right message to come along with that is so crucial. And you think about all the things that we're going through related to inclusivity issues and, and the COVID crisis and all these issues that we're facing. Now brands have an opportunity with the partners and with the agencies on you, like all to come together and say, this is what we stand for. And this is who we are. But before, you know, if it was five, 10 years ago, it might've been, here's our brand on the rink board. Right. And so I think that's where we're going with partnerships is that it has this ability to kind of bring two organizations or three organizations together to tell and amplify a greater message of of togetherness, inclusivity. Um, And we actually had the CMO of uh, Expedia on uh, one of our panels earlier. And uh, he was talking about how he sat next to someone at um, a game, a soccer game. And he, he really didn't like this person. It was kind of like two different people that just didn't get along, right? But then once you added the element of sport in front of you, you become best friends, right? And so I think knowing the partnerships that all of your teams have and kind of how sport has been this opportunity for all of you to get a greater message across to all kinds of people is, is kind of where I'm going with my next question, which is around like you know, diversity, inclusion, and multicultural marketing. Um, you know, Anya, I, I think your, your team specifically has done so much work around inclusivity. You've already talked about Nissan. You talked about the Hartford. Um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the ideation process and and how you you think about certain messages. If there's sensitivities, you need to think about. You know, how does that process come to life when you're thinking for these brands?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's like what drives me every day is how do we get to the the right stuff in um, in a way that ultimately matters. I think my my colleagues probably get tired of me being repetitive sometimes, but the question is always, okay, why is that going to matter? And so the more we can really understand the human realities that people face, I think that's the way that we get much closer to um, the right solutions for them. Um, And so it starts with really working to first understand what the brand is trying to achieve through that strategy are they actually going to come out of this and um, have something tangible that they can demonstrate to their different audience constituents that they've made a difference in the world um, and and, stand for something beyond um, that kind of bottom line that you were referring to, Avish. So if we understand what the brand is trying to achieve, we can then get a better understanding of what that audience is really, really trying to um, gain in their own lives what's going to make their everyday better what's going to make that one single moment that they have with a brand better what's going to um, kind of extend beyond and and really give them a chance to benefit from this in, in many ways kind of going forward. Um, so that audience analysis is is so critical for us to get it right, but look at it beyond demographics, look at it beyond psychographics, and really, really value what it is that people want to be experiencing and want to have as, as kind of fundamental to their lives. And then it's following the innovation that's happening around us and really putting the pieces together. You know, I'm, I'm huge into puzzles. as know, I don't care if I sound nerdy saying it, but it's, it's kind of what drives a lot of my every day. Um, and, and really being able to see where that connection starts to equal something bigger than perhaps what you've been set out to do. And if we can all start to strive for that bigger nugget that's out there, then I think we do ultimately start to see the impact that we're trying to reach. Um, we, we always get a brief given to us that is something that's difficult to dissect because there's nothing really overly focused about it in the first place. But if you're coming back to, you know, I'll say it again, what ma- why did it matter? then I think you can start to follow a path that really does um, guide you and, and allow you to maybe eliminate the stuff that is fluff or, or just surround sound and start to focus in on, on what is actually going to be that um, change maker.
1: And I love that you started at the beginning of that was um, it starts with the objective. It's so unique to the brands that you're working with. Um, and I know Michael, Chris, your, your brands and going back to the purpose that we talked about earlier, whether it be making home ownership accessible and simpler or enriching communities and, and kind of the people around you, um, you know, Michael, why don't we start with you around uh, some of the work that you're doing with enriching communities and DE&I, specifically going back to your partnership strategy. I know that um, your team has done some great work with the Canucks and the Jays, but also laddering back into pride, right? So TD is a big right. sponsor of pride and inclusion, um, and it's a pillar for your team. So I would love for you to talk about, you know, the ladder of, of what we've been talking about with Anya around inclusion, the importance, and, and how that comes to life in your, in your sponsorships.
3: Absolutely. And if I can take a moment, I'd like to just rip, uh, add to what Anya was talking about, because um, we ourselves as brands also have to have the insight and understanding to help get to that relevant place. But it's also knowing and being honest about your brand and its vulnerability, about where are you on that path? And and so with the pride, I'd say uh, with with the the pride community, we are with TD has always been at the forefront of that community. Uh, our, uh, our leadership has been for decades dedicated to that community and about shifting the way we operate with, uh, to make sure that community feels included uh, in anything, ba- banking products to uh, to the way we celebrate during Pride events. With our teams, again, going to the shared values, it's important that our teams that, that we sponsor and our partners that we sponsor celebrate as well. Um, we have been doing that um, with the Canucks and the, both the Canucks and the Jays uh, having pride nights at sporting events um, where, you know, let's go back 10 years and that wasn't going to happen. And now today you see the inclusivity happening and we've ran great events. And, and it's not just uh, to your point, of putting a, a sticker on a board. We've actually put tangible events in place where there are experiences that we've put Um, where people can go and have an experience and and share the positivity, share the optimism, share messages of inclusion, and be able to put those on a board. And then we share it with community organizations uh, around uh, the the greater Toronto area or the greater Vancouver area, because that's what's really important is that the message doesn't stop just at the game. How do you share it out and give people support and help? And the Canucks and the Jays have been great partners with us to take it to what I'd say the local level and you've heard local come up a few times in the discussion today and that's what it really means you can say all you want and if it's just floating out on the airwaves that's one thing but the tangibility that our partnerships help us bring to it uh, have been fantastic and we've taken that even into other areas where you know Lunar New Year, Diwali, we're, we're putting events into place that even the teams that we're sponsoring with hadn't thought of, but we're bringing it forward. And and they're actually all in with us and we create great, great experiences. Uh, And then that way it can resonate beyond. And to your point, it's a passion point. They're already there at a game, enjoying it together. And it's two different people are all of a sudden they're they're friends. Now you're celebrating, you add one more layer on top of it. Now you're celebrating something that normally maybe you weren't walking down the street celebrating, but now you are because you were in that moment in that experience. And it's now at the top of your mind. And that creates change. And so that's what what we've seen our success um, um, really, uh, I'd say, explode from there. Yeah, and Chris, we'll we'll come to you. But I think, Mike, back to what you were saying, one of
1: the themes around the conference has already been um, very clear to me, which is think globally, Mm -hmm. act locally. right? And so when you think about all these diverse audiences that you're marketing towards and being a part of their community, how do you bring that to a local level? And I think that's that's exactly what you're doing with a lot of your sponsorships. Um, specifically, you talked about the Canucks, Visaki, Diwali, mm-hmm. all these all these mo- monumental events um, for these cultures, and, and it's great to see.
3: Yeah, and and I'd say we could do better. We every year sure. we try and do better. That's that's our the way that our bank operates and the way that we we go after this. But again, we also do insights. Research to understand what's believable for our brand to bring to the table as well, and that's the magic. And then we try and beat the next year and try and get there even better and support the community even more.
1: Yeah, love it, Chris. I don't know if you had anything to add there. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to build on that,
4: um, so, so many things I want to add, but uh, I, I just want to talk about this this coalition um, approach because. Brands are going to have a different appetite for how they want to participate and, and, and lean in and some some will put in money and some will some will like do work and others kind of want to just be a part of it. Um, and, um, you know, customer journey mapping to me is just so important. And when you apply that to like the social impact, some magical, magical things happening. And so like when we're doing the customer journey maps of what it's like to buy a home in Las Vegas, and then what it's like to buy a home in Las Vegas if you're African-American, right? You learn like you're you know, you're know, half as likely if you're black to be able to, to, to own a home. And then when you map this process, what are the barriers? Right? What, what are the barriers? Is it credit? Is it, um, uh, is it no one's in your home, is family's owned a home and there's, there, it's not a dream of yours to do it, right? Like there's some pretty big thoughts, right? That some people take for granted and when you map this out, you realize there's a whole crew of like a whole segment of the African-American population in Las Vegas that is credit. They, it's, they're, they're ready to buy the house. They've got the credit. They've got the money. It's just not like something that they're thinking about, right? And so like, um, it, it's not all like um, sad stories, right? Like there are some awesome people ready to start building wealth like right now. Um, but as you map that journey, you can start to like wh- where there are issues, plug in the right brand. And when you do that work, for the brands, um, it just makes it really easy for them to participate, right? Some brands will extend themselves and give you talented folks who are willing to think different. Other brands are just gonna be really narrow. But, it, but if you've got this coalition and you've got this pipeline and it's all laid out and now it's just like, who wants to get in? Um, it, it just, th- there, there's ways to work with people who are just not necessarily as socially minded, but like make it easy, they'll get involved. And if they're part of a bigger coalition, it all, it all leads up to a bigger impact. That, that, that's what comes to mind for me here.
1: No, I love that. And I, and I know we're, we're just almost at time here, but let's leave it with one last question that we have from the audience, from Jason here, Anya, you already briefly mentioned your, your answer, but obviously you jump in. Um, there's a lot of issues and challenges and causes to support or, or go against, right? Um, how do you think about brands and organizations and make sure that their focus is narrowed to be supporting where they can really drive impact. Right. Um, there's a lot of cases where, you know, as a brand, you want to help everyone, but when you think about what your purpose is and how that's defined, really you need to be a little bit more singular minded. So what's your advice to brands and organizations as they think about the impact they want to have and how to be a little bit more narrow minded in, in what they're doing.
2: Just a reference here. There was someone who asked the question in the chat, so I I quickly responded to it, but I think it is thinking about where you can have that real difference shine through um, something that can actually contribute to a positive outcome. You as a brand will always have something that you're already more, you know, uh, adept at creating or delivering or or kind of being responsible for. Um, So really being able to leverage that position in the first place, I think is the more authentic outcome. Um, And the most important part of that though is to actually follow through, Um, not not just make the commitment, but actually um, commit the resources themselves to allow it to to happen. Um, Otherwise it is still surface level.
4: I'd just add very quickly to the extent that it can be part of the business's core helps, right? Like if the CFO and the CEO who are a lot of times like the no team, right? Like if, if, if it's gonna help the business like it, and then you got buy-in from those type of folks, uh, it's only gonna make everything more powerful.
3: Totally. Mike, anything to add? Yeah, and add so one thing sure. I would add is you, you got to to talk, I, I would say you have, in our situation, it's talking to your colleagues, knowing and look at each region because I think if you go after a big blanket approach and tr- I, I I applaud brands that are able to do that and be able to bell bell mental awareness to me is is one of, a gold standard out there but I think if you look at the local level and you look at the regional level give your 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 teams the opportunity to act upon what their passion is um, and I think in a lot of cases you'll find that that adds up and that starts to build towards a common goal because um, I do think that there are brands who can help many um, and don't let the marketing focus of one uh, get in the way. Because I think that you have to allow for a breadth of things uh, because each community is responding to something different happening within it and and we should be there to help.
1: No, and I think that's a, that's a great answer to, to co- close us off here. So. Um, you know, three days ago, we started this event, uh, around the power of a brand ethos and purpose, and now we're ending it off with purpose and community impact. And, and I can't think of a, a better way to say thank you to each, each of you for participating. Um, I know now we've raised $10,000, um, which is going to India and UNICEF. So we're, we're obviously doing a lot, what we can, um, to have that community impact and, and your brands are su- obviously supporting there. So thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Have a great long weekend. And appreciate you taking the time today. As always, thanks for listening to today's episode. Make sure to follow us at Sponsor Talk on Twitter and the Sponsorship Space on LinkedIn to join and engage with our community. Hope you enjoyed today's episode and have a great day.